0: This is the Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman.
1: Hello, small steppers. As my daughter in that intro just said, uh, this is Sid Garza-Hillman. I am the host of this podcast, and by host, I mean, you know, I welcome you into my virtual living room. We're going to have a chat. Let's have a chat. Here's some hors d'oeuvres, nay appetizers, because, you know, I don't speak French, frankly. And uh, we're going to have a a little cocktail, maybe, and we're going to talk about stuff. Every week, I have guests once in a while that I will share the conversation with. Not this week. I'm not opposed to it. I'm just opposed to guests most of the time because I got a lot to say. And I got a lot to say because uh, there's a lot of work to do in this world, frankly. And I want to play a part. That's my goal. Whether I'm succeeding or not, I guess that's up to you guys. Uh, But but, uh, my goal is to help people live happier and healthier lives because I think that that makes the world a better place. Call me naive. Look at all the nutty nut-nut out there, and I'm like, you know, if people were in a little better of a mood, felt a little better in their bodies, had more energy, had the old gut bacteria in line, because that affects mood, sorry, but it frickin' does, and, you know, people are feeding themselves well and kind of knowing how to self-care, then gosh, what would that do to the actions of many people in the world? Gosh, I don't, I don't know, yes, I do, I, knew, I do know, I do know, and I'm ch- am I changing millions of people's minds? No, maybe eventually, and not directly. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying if I change anybody's minds and help people live better in their lives, then everybody they affect is affected by that. It's a rollout. It's a, it's a, you know, an exponential effect uh, situation. That's mathematical talk there. I don't want to get too mathematical. Uh, exponential effect situation. I think Einstein coined that. I don't, listen, I don't know. Um, I was a philosophy major. I was not a math a math major. In fact, I got through four years of of UCLA without one single math class. Um, I did pretty well in math in high school, and then so well that I was like, I never want to take a math class ever again. And so I took a logic class at UCLA that satisfied whatever last math thing I had to deal with, and said goodbye to math forever. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not against it. I just am against the fact that I can't um, stomach it. That's what I don't I don't like it. I don't like it the way that I don't like. Um, Tofurky sausages because i can't stomach them frankly they upset my stomach math upsets my stomach what i am finding however interestingly to potentially only me is that now my daughter luna who did the intro is 13 going on 14 and she's in math and so i'm the guy who's stepping in because lisa's just not her bag she's the she was an english major literature that's her totally her thing for me for some reason math and I kind of got a handle on it still kind of weird I'm having to brush brush up again but uh, I can kind of I can kind of do it okay which is I so it wasn't all for naught I'll just put it that way now um, if you think this is the weirdest intro to a health and happiness based podcast then you obviously have not listened to episodes two, 1 uh, through 219 which possibly because I don't I ever know what I say here possibly had weirder intros than this one so if you're just joining me uh, this is not the weirdest thing. If you want weirder, go back and listen to old episodes. Okay? Just just go back and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't whistling Dixie there. Yeah, this one's definitely weird. Whoa, he went off the rails there. Uh, wait, that's related to health? Oh, yeah, no, he's crazy. Yeah, he's he's insane. Wait, he's drinking single malt scotch while doing a health and happiness pot? That's insane. Um, And so if you're addicted to nutty nut nut, you're, this is a place for you. Okay? A couple things I never say. I never say this is not a weird podcast. I'm glad that it's kind of odd. Um, but I'm I'm just kind of last week's episode, The Two Headed Monster, boy, that was like that made me think. And I wrote the damn thing. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, yeah. And um, and I and, and so one of the two-headed monster issues for me is, and this is so related to when I was a full-time musician, was this battle of am I creating something that people are gonna like versus the other head, which is, says, just create something that, you're, that you can stand behind, that is uh, your voice, that is more you, authentic and honest. And if people listen, great. And if they don't, great. But you've got something that you're proud of, and that's the more me of this picture. That head is definitely the me. And it's just not all, you know, I, I am concerned sometimes with this podcast and with my vlogs, like maybe I should try to do something. that, And and then that's not me that I realize now in my age of almost 49 that, that's just not me, and I'm glad to know that because the battle becomes less and less as you get get very clear on who the you is. I wish people, everybody in the world would listen to this podcast. There's no doubt about it. I'm just not willing to do anything to try to get that to happen. That's all. That's just a line I won't cross, and I'm happy that I do this here, but I know that it's a nutty, nut, nut podcast. There's no doubt about it. It's I don't even know. This is the truth. I'm not sure I would ever listen to this podcast. That's, I don't know because I don't know. I think I might um more because just just my hairdo frankly that's probably what bring would bring me here uh is that i would be like yeah he's bald let's let me give it a shot that's kind of my bar uh that people need to just uh that's why i'll watch any ed harris movie um and anything with daddy warbucks in it okay yeah this has gone clearly off the rails what do i do here i i help people build a more robust, stronger baseline of existence. And what I mean by that is it's not the the spikes of, of a a specific thing that you try, like a race or a diet or anything like that. This is your everyday. This is this podcast is dedicated to you rising your raising your everyday so that you're cause cause I believe that it's what you do most of the time that sets your level of health and happiness. And that's where my clearly my whole focus is is how do i do the day-to-day how do i help you guys do the day-to-day better that's where to me that's where the struggle exists more than in any other area because i think the excitement i talked about this a lot in the um last week actually with the two-headed monster one which is i think the area of something that we get excited about like a diet or you know a training plan where somebody says you're going to get this result in this fixed amount of time that appeals to that excitement and that desire for pleasure I see that. That's the easy stuff. To me, That that's the crush. That's the crush phase of a relationship where you're like, this is amazing. We were meant to be together until we we're both tired and in irritable moods, and then we get into an argument, and then, and then we really see the work that it takes to, to keep a, a relationship healthy and happy. Well, I'm talking about the relationship you have with yourself, and I'm talking about the day-to-day, which is what happens when you are tired, what happens when you are fatigued, what happens when you are living a life in the modern world which is going to be more apt to get you tired and fatigued because of the craziness that we have to deal with. Um, and in many ways, amazing craziness, but we're pushed pretty hard and in pretty weird ways in this modern world. And I am, my focus is, okay, well, in that context, let's remove the excitement of a diet. Let's talk about a Tuesday when you get home and you've had a really crap day at work, and the one thing that you think will get you through that day is the cheese pizza or whatever other thing, and I got no problems with that, except whether you regret it afterwards or not, and when you do regret it, okay, now let's play ball here, because now now let's talk about doing little things throughout your days, little moments where your overall stress is lowered, and at the same time, your knowledge of who you are and how you want to be, how you want to behave in the world is becoming more crystal clear. And as you get home, you are able to make better choices, real choices even. Not so much better choices, but you're actually actual, actually able to make actual choices, which is not, I'm too freaking tired to make a choice here. I'm just going to go with my gut. And the cheese pizza is all about that. Versus, you know what? I've been eating pretty well. I'm going to have the cheese pizza because I've been eating really well and I'm not going to sweat it. <laughs> Very different ballgames. I talk about this a lot. Why? Because this is the stuff. This is the real non-sexy reality of the work that I do and the non-sexy reality of the struggle of most people in the modern world. When we're handed a training plan, it's easy. We do it. Somebody has done it for us in terms of your plan for the next 21 days. Yes, there's work associated with following a training plan. Of course there is. But man, there's a little bit of okay, I just got to do this to this date. And and that makes it a little easier. What I'm talking about is I just got to do this until I die 50 years from now. And that's a different thing, very different. Can you see the difference? This is, okay, I might do that thing for 21 days, but also there's the next 40 years of 50 years and 60 years and 70 years of my life. And I want to have the best life I can. And within that life... I do want to do cool things like run an ultra marathon or 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 take a cooking class series or learn about food even or take an art class. I want to do those things within, but I want to make sure that my day-to-day existence that is filled with my relationships with my family and friends and my work, professional life and things like I want to make sure that's dialed in too so that it that stuff doesn't become all consuming such that I can't do the other cool stuff. I think we get too consumed with food, too consumed with work in ways that make it uh, it, it's, it's prohibitive to us actually doing cool stuff. Uh, I, I don't want anybody ever to be like, I eat so well, that I haven't been on a vacation in 10 years. I eat so well that my relationships have failed because all I do is think about food. I eat so well that I'm unhealthy in my body and I don't exercise, but I, gosh, I know a lot about food. I really do, and it's fantastic that I know so much about food even though uh, my relationships have failed and my work is pretty stressful and I can't focus on anything because I'm too freaking overfocused on food. Boom, end of scene and moving on. Mm. What I had just then was a sip of my I'm turning the bottle around. Uh, Mendocino Brewing Eye of the Hawk. They have been a sponsor of my race the last two years, my Mendocino Coast 50K that I direct. And um, and they've and they've sponsored it. I, I'm not getting any money for mentioning them here, by the way. I just like their beer. Um, but I don't know if they're going to sponsor it. They changed CEOs. And the and the, and the guy in my contact there, he's like, yeah, the new guy. He doesn't know if he wants to go in this direction. I'm like, go in this direction. Sorry, but it's one of the cooler races in the country. And all I'm asking for is some cases of freaking beer. Uh, but the new CEO, you know, he's got to deal with it. He's got I got to focus. I got to talk about it. Let's meet Let's have a meeting. Let's have a bunch of meetings about it. Um, am I a little bitter? No, I'm not. Neither is this beer because it's very creamy and lovely. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Um, what else about this podcast? I want I wanted to mention this and, and I'll probably start kind of mentioning this, um, maybe weekly. Um, but I was thinking back about when I began this podcast, when I wrote my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto, I really did have this one aim, and it's this thing that's been sticking in my craw from day one. And I think it's probably why the philosophy major, the four years of studying philosophy, really did inform, not the particulars, I didn't, it's not like I go, gosh, David Hume made me think about health, you know, freaking protein, <laughs> whatever, but um, this way of thinking and framing things. And what I looked at, is, I said, early on and when I went back to school to become a certified nutritionist and sort of dove deeper into the client relationship and and working with private clients, immediately, I mean so immediately, I had a a mission that was in my own mind presented to me which said, I've got to figure out why in an environment, in an environment of more knowledge of how to be healthy and happy in theory, self-help books, diet books, nutrition books, DVD plans, whatever, um, more knowledge in the history of mankind. We have more access to knowledge with the internet and everything else. We're succeeding less, not more. And, and, and that is such a weird thing for me because I don't want to dis- discount knowledge because it's, it is the, it's what we learn ab- that allows us to act differently. We learn some new knowledge about food, let's say, and we act differently. And yet to me, I go, then why are we not all healthy? Why? Why? are things not getting better in the health and happiness realm? Why is that? It's not a knowledge issue. And it's so much for me a focus on the balance of knowledge and action that I frankly am wading through myself, but also working through that with, well now not private clients, but now with with smallsteppers.com is working directly with people to say, let's figure out how to do this better. Let's figure out each of us individually When for us individually, and it changes per person, when do we know enough now that we need, when do we know enough where we feel like, okay, I know enough that that can change. It really can. It can change and it can be different for people, individuals, but there is a point at which you kind of go, yeah, I got this enough based on my goal. Like for, I think I mentioned this recently, but like, I know everything I need to know about ultra marathons and training for an ultra marathon, everything I could ever need to know right now. I know. And here's why. Because everything I need to know is serving me fine because I'm not trying to win an ultramarathon. Because I'm trying to finish it and recover fast and feel good and and enjoy the process of training. So because of those goals I have, I know plenty already. I I don't need to know. If I read another book about training an ultramarathon, it's a distraction for me because I got other fish to fry. If that became my number one hobby and I wanted to do it better and go faster... I would study more. Right now, I know everything I need to know. Right now, I know everything I need to know about food. I know way more than that because of the job I do. But for the, how I live in my life, I know so much more than I need, really need to know about food to live day to day or to feed my family well. I just don't, I don't, need, to, I don't need to read anything for that purpose, for to, to talk to people about food, sure. But not for the, me to how to live my life right now and my family's life. It's totally unnecessary. So it's that balance that is so fascinating to me, frankly, and also so crucial because I want to be talking to you guys each week about ideas and about the, again, I think I mentioned in the last couple of weeks, but I'll, I'll revisit this because people, I want to remind you what this podcast really, really is. I talked about anemia last week. And so I'll get in, I'll get a little bit into uh particulars. But the fact of the matter is I'm not teaching you, I well, here's one. I'm teaching you not how to be healthy, but how to be a healthy eater. And there's a huge difference between those two things. We know how to eat healthy. Most people I talk to know how to eat healthy. Most people I talk to do not know how to be a healthy eater. And the problem with that knowledge, once you know it and don't live it, is that you're living in conflict and you're living in stress. Increase stress because of what you know. That's a bigger problem for me. I'd rather you like sort of didn't know as much as you know because if you're not going to live... According to you now knowing this stuff and, and feeling like you want to live that way, then you're in more, in more stress. And then there's the repercussions of increased stress in your life, which is, you know, decreased digestion and a weakened immune system and high blood pressure and high cholesterol and all the fat around the midsection, all these kinds of things that are stress related. Well, ironically, the stress can be from knowing but not acting. How weird. How weird is that? You, I know how to eat healthy. I knew I've just studied. And I know everything about every micronutrient that's ever been uh, identified by the human species. But tonight I went through KFC. You know, it's like, that's the the divide there. And again, if you go through KFC and you're like, yep, KFC is for me. And there's no guilt about it, no shame about it. And you feel fine about it. That's, I'm not walking into that mat. I'm not walking into that, that picture. I'm walking into the picture of somebody going, I know this stuff and I know I could do better. And I don't know why I can't. And I'm here to say, you absolutely can, it's just let's talk about a different way to do things here. Let's talk about a way that's actually going to serve you long term and make your life better for real, not the BS of a diet that doesn't really teach you how to be a healthy eater. It just teaches you how to eat healthy. It does not give you the tools to be a healthy eater. And it can be about exercise and being a happy person or whatever. Um, there's plenty of books that tell you how to you know communicate with your child in an effective manner. But it, there's but it's harder that's one thing but the other bigger way bigger thing is how do you become the parent who can execute those instructions on a regular basis because your overall stress levels are at a level that that is maintainable and doable by you that's a whole another ball game and the ball game that i'm playing dig okay good um sidgarzahillman.com is where you go find out all about me and um you know whatever all the things that i do and my youtube videos are actually on that site um that's a one stop shop but you can obviously go to youtube and i think you should Uh, i love the word should because it implies pressure um but if you might want to wander by youtube and subscribe to my youtube channel that would be awesome um smallsteppers.com is the number one excitement uh, in my life right now it is um a way that i make a living frankly and i wouldn't want anybody to ever sign up to do me a favor. I would want you to sign up to do yourself a favor because it's a kick-ass program. 12 weeks, you're in, you're out. It's amazing. You don't have to spend a bunch of time. Nobody will be, even know that you're doing it. It's moments and you learn how to use them and look for them. And it's uh, super affordably priced on purpose, 95 bucks for, for 12 weeks. It's no joke. It's really cool. Uh, daily emails and, and weekly videos and live Q&As every single freaking week. Had a great live Q&A yesterday. Um this is Sunday that I'm doing this podcast. It was on Saturday. And one of the reasons it was great is because I scheduled it for 2 p.m. And that allows people that are like in Australia to kind of, with a time change, can kind of do that. Um, And at 2.19, I realized that I was in fact, in my living room, having a cup of coffee and not doing the live Q&A at 2.19. uh, Because in my brain, uh, that apparently isn't as big as I thought it was, uh, it was said 2.30 in my head. Uh, But my calendar said two. So I went, oh my gosh! And I, my wife's like, "What's going on?" I said, "I'm," I, I, ah, and I just raced out to my studio, flipped open the pot, the uh, laptop, expecting there to be, you know, uh, tumbleweeds blowing by, nobody around, and there was there the group sit waiting for 19 minutes. Is he gonna show up to this thing, or is this this kind of, is this part of the small steps approach that we have to learn patience? 19 minutes of patience this week uh, of sitting and doing nothing because this is kind of. It's boring and also kind of a waste of my money, um, but they hung tight. And then, so I got it going and we ended up having a really lively um, discussion and and great questions. And I was like, oh, thank you. They, you know what they did? They earned themselves WWID bracelets. I was like, you guys get, I'll give me your address. I'm sending you my, what would I do bracelets? for Because you had to wait for 20 minutes while I figured out what my schedule was in the moment. Um, anyway, that's how that goes. Mm. I, the hawk. Did I ever tell you that my Y Indian Guide name was um, Fearless Falcon and my dad's Happy Hawk? Why Indian Guides? Probably not PC now is my guess in the new climate. Um, <laughs> Health Made Simple is a meal system. It's an eating system. I don't even calling it a plan. I don't even want the word plan. I'm going to talk to Matt Frazier about this. We're doing a live Q&A for Health Made Simple tomorrow, and I don't want to use meal plan anymore. I'm just gonna tell him. I mean, like we, I'm gonna sell him on this. I'm gonna pitch him. I'm gonna pitch Matt Fraser, the no meat athlete, and say, listen, let's stop using plants. it's not a plan. It's a healthy eating system. That's what it is. It's a healthy eating system. Now, the website is no meat athlete.com/slash meal dash plan boom dash system. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes, which I always do. But anyway, it's really great. And it's very definitely in the obviously completely in the realm of eating. But there's videos and live Q and A it's very similar in a way. Um, although I in 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 Health Made Simple, you are learning the particulars of food whereas small steppers is a way to approach your life that you can apply to food, but it, they're par, part and parcel to the same deal. So some very exciting, there's like exciting, um, to me, real bucking the trend bucking the the typical of what's out there in the marketplace things happening that i'm a part of and i'm very happy about that and 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 those two major things are smallsteppers.com and health made simple because i feel like they're real solutions to what people are actually wanting um i think people think they potentially want a, a meal plan that has a thousand different recipes but i think the percentage of people that don't stick with that stuff is probably pretty similar to the people that don't stick to a diet um and so I think Matt and I both recognize there's a need for to actually get boots on the ground help day to day. Um, Matt was very clear when we launched this thing. like, If you like a ton of variety and you like doing meal plans every week and you like discovering new recipes, do not waste your money on Health Made Simple because it is completely not for you. We have 85 recipes and that's it. We have not grown that at all. We have not added recipes from the day one on purpose because there's Thousands of recipes, and we could we could we could partner with people and get their recipe. We did not want to muddle it. Again, it's a it, we we're talking about Monday through Thursday being busy as hell. How do I do the get in the kitchen and get out and not have a major thing? And how can I have my Sunday free where I don't have to cook a bunch of stuff ahead of time or do a bunch of research in cookbooks to to, to plan out my week's meals? People who do that and they love it, then fantastic. People who do that and don't love it try Health Made Simple because that's going to cure you of that madness because it's totally unnecessary. It's absolutely unnecessary to eat healthy uh, and do that to eat healthy because I don't do it. A ton of people do not do that and eat extremely healthy. It, you do not have to spend any more time in the kitchen. That's a complete myth. Is cooking at home better? Of course it is. Do you have to do fancy recipes? Of course you do not. Okay? You really, really don't. Okay. Um, my books, buy them. I would, but I already bought them. I already wrote them, and then I had to buy them. I Just kidding. I didn't buy them. I was The publisher was nice enough to give me some copies of my own book, which I thought that was really nice. Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto and my new one on healthy families, raising healthy parents, small steps, less stress, and a thriving family. I'm going to beg for one second, so just bear with me. If you've read the book and you dig it, can you throw me a review on Amazon? I only have three, and it's been selling pretty well, so I know lots of people have the book. If you could throw me down a few lines on Amazon, I think it's a good book. I think it's very helpful for people that are parents or parents-to-be, and I think it's a good message to go out there. And so re- your reviews uh, will help that book in its standing, and it's you know people will browse it and go, hey, people liked it. I'll get it, too, and give it a shot. So you know if you don't mind wandering by Amazon and throwing down a review anywhere, it would be great. Okay? Dig. Great? Okay, good. Um, lastly, I work at the Stanford Inn. I run their wellness center. Yay! They're not—they don't sponsor this podcast, Jeff and Joan, but they helped me launch it. There's no doubt about that. Bought me the damn computer, and I even think I charged the microphone. And told Jeff afterwards, I was like, "Yeah, you just bought me a microphone." He looked looked up and said, "Can you just get me a cup of coffee and shut shut up for a second? Because what do I care about a microphone? It, it's it was something like that." I'm paraphrasing. Um, quick, quick announcements of where I'm going to be next week. I'm going to be in, at Sanctuary Bistro in Berkeley, December 10th, uh, 2017. These are all, and then no, not all. Cause now I'm going into 2018, which is healthy words, world Sedona, uh, Nashville veg fest, April 7th, Wilmington, North Carolina is hundred percent confirmed. Yay. April 14th. So Nashville, April 7th, I'm going to fly from Nashville to North Carolina, probably fly into Raleigh get in to rent a car drive out to see Matt Fraser and Doug Hay hang out with them for a few days then drive to Wilmington in North Carolina for April 14th veg fest speak there get in a plane and fly home then fly back to um New York City on May 19th or the 18th probably and speak at the NYC veg food fest in Manhattan one of my favorites I've spoken in the last three years it is a just crazy amazing like you hit the ground running, and there's just thousands. thousands I mean, I think I had seven or 8,000 people last year. It was just just a madhouse in a good way. Mm. Um, yeah. What else can I... Oh, okay. So I mentioned last week that I was thinking about toying around with the idea of signing up for one of those Tough Mudder slash Spartan thingamajigs. So if any of you were interested in that, I ended up deciding... I had to weigh a bunch of stuff and so I end up deciding that I was Ned nah, did it. I did it. yes, I did. March 24th Diablo Grande uh, which means I think the big Diablo I again, I don't have a dictionary in front of me or a pictionary. Uh, but it's in near San Jose it's a I think it's a 10 mile Spartan race. March twenty fourth. If you haven't signed up for it, and you do those kinds of things, and you know that I'm going to be there, and you want to say hi, do that because I'll need a little, a little good job, Sid. Frankly, because I this is talk about fish out of water. Definitely not something I've ever done. Not something I've ever done. Um, March twenty fourth, Diablo Grande Spartan Spartan race, and there's a bunch of obstacles, and there's stuff that I now I'm working on the TRX, like I said, Um, and so it's exciting. I'm looking forward to, it. and I'm also like, I again. Coming back to the I'm I'm still in the mode of the fa- Healthy Families book, but I like that my kids are seeing me still at f- almost I'm gonna call myself 49 now because in a matter of 17 days I'll be 49. Um, then I'm trying new things and I'm doing new new things I've never done and things that are active and, and mobile. It's the little things. You know, like I like I like to say, I like that I can move still. And and that's I, I know that that's like, well, yeah, but if I can get happy about the fact that I can move still. I mean really right? Kind of cool, right? Don't need much more. And can I move? Great, that's good. I'm happy for the year. Anyway, I'm doing that with Bree and Sid, my training partners, and uh, we decided to do it together. We created a little team that I can't tell you because inappropriate. The name has a swear word in it. I'm not gonna tell. T- here's I'm t- it's the it's the team is Team G F Y. Is that right? Yeah, Team G F Y that's the reason is because they say if you do a team then you can start at the same time and we wanted to start at the same time we didn't want to do like different heats because we want to do it together see that's more fun so we we created just off on the fly i came up with the name team gfy it's sort of an inside joke but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna share it here because i don't swear on the podcast frankly Mm. people have sworn on this podcast you know that right it, and it wasn't like a thing where I was like, I am not gonna swear on this pod, but I, it just has shaken out that way. And I don't know why. And I don't care. It's not like I don't I don't swear. I do on occasion. Um and but 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 it just kind of shook out that way. I don't know when why want am bring it up. Okay, so back to this. One of the questions I got in small steppers I want to share with you guys because sometimes if it's a it's a it's a thing relevant to where I'm at in the podcast, I will bridge it over to here so we can talk about it. And it's related to something that I brought up. I mean, I think a couple, two or three episodes ago. So it was very timely. And it's this thing of like, you know, I ask people to focus on there most of the time because I again truly believe that is what sets your health and happiness is what you do most of the time, period. Not a one off. It's just, it's the, your day to day. And that's where I'm living in the day to day. Okay. Um, and so, so I talked about it in the context of my own life, which is, and I've gotten better in my, for me, in this, whereas I'll eat really well Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. Just because I'm with family, I'll tend to not eat quite as well, but it's all relative. I mean, my worst days are pretty, compared to what, in my 20s, there's like a whole nother bulk. Like, my junk food nowadays is of a whole nother it's not McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, and so... um but I would find myself going. Well, I talked about this recently, so I, I would find myself like, well, maybe I should have one more beer because I'm not going to beer tomorrow. Tomorrow's my dial back day, and I didn't really want the beer. It's just that I was like, oh, I better. And so this person asked a similar question, which is that they asked, um, how do I know if if I'm just eating less than health? They used food for this example, so just bear with me. But how do I know if I'm just using if I'm eating less than healthy food? Just as an, it, it, How am I know if I'm using the MOT as an excuse to just eat unhealthy food? In other words, am I, do I really want healthy food, not healthy food right now, or am I saying I'm using my, the fact that I d- eat well most of the time as an excuse to just sort of do this on purpose, but I don't really want it? And It's a complicated question, and this is why I keep coming here every week because there, it, this process is nuanced. I, I just said to the live q and I can teach people my basic approach in an hour. It's not, it's not like conceptually, it's hard. It's just there are subtleties and there are, I, here's what I know to be 100% true. It's hard to eke out a healthy and happy life in this modern world. Why do I know that? Because most people aren't doing that great. I mean, most people are struggling, I'll put it that way, more than I would like them to struggle. There's, there's going to be struggle, but most people are struggling kind of on a level that's, that's frankly not healthy. I mean, we're, we're not getting healthier. Got it? Can we all agree on that? Thank you. Good, because it's just true. Okay, so, um, so there's a lot of nuance and a lot of subtlety to this. And as your as your most of the time raises as your baseline. What I said in the beginning of this episode, as your baseline gets higher, and then you sit down and go, okay, rationally, I've been eating really well, so now I'm going to eat this less than healthy food. And they asked, you know, how do you know you're just making an excuse for doing less than healthy? How how do you know you're just like? making an excuse for yourself to do something that you don't really want to do my answer was simple how do you feel afterwards i mean really how do you feel afterwards because it's i i've always i want always i kind of repeat this fairly often which is i'm not here to tell you not to i'm having a beer for the love of crying out loud for the love of crying out loud i'm having a beer i'm not telling somebody not to do something that's less than perfectly healthy more on that in this episode boom you see how i did that I am telling people that the more it can be from a, that your actions can be from a place that is more you than not you, the the choices you make and the decisions you make and the action you take are going to be conflict-free most of the time. That's what I'm digging. So my only question to anybody isn't, well, you shouldn't have had that less than healthy thing because it didn't have enough vitamin B6 in it. It's going to be, well, how'd you feel afterwards? Because that's the tell. The tell is, I wish I hadn't done that. Or the tell is, there's no even a comment like the, the tell is if you say, ah, man, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know what? I really don't want to be doing that. Like I'm, i really am not as healthy as I want to be or what? There's a discussion about it. That's a tell. If you don't think about it past the point that you enjoy the food and maybe the next morning you go, ah, oh, man, I ate too much last night. Hey, what are we doing today? And you're done and it's out of your head. You're probably in a place where you're, you're good with, there's no conflict about that decision. Now, here's the hitch, and here's the discussion of the broader discussion of my approach and the discussion of why I come here every week, because this process that I talk about, my unique brand of small steps, this approach to your life, is about how to get very good at knowing how you feel afterwards, and that's the this is the subtlety that I just talked about and the nuance of this. This is about, and also what I mentioned last week with a two-headed monster, because In our heads, we can say, yes, I'm fine with it. Yes, I have no conflict about it when we actually do. And there's a lot that we can tell ourselves and convince ourselves is okay when we deep down know it's not. And this process, this small steps approach gets you very good at at knowing the truth about how you feel about something. Isn't that a weird thing? We can justify a whole bunch. We, we're very good at justing. Well, I can do this, and so I did that, and then I can do this. And, and if we do something wrong, we justify, we can justify, we can make it right in our heads. We're very, very adept as a species of making our things right. We can, we can, it's hard for us to look at things objectively and say, that was wrong. That was I just I made a mistake. Period. It just it just was or I should I did I didn't actually didn't want to eat that thing. That's it. That's not a learn it today, act on it tomorrow. That's a getting used to understanding what it's like to live more on your terms and being more honest and being okay with your own. I'm gonna put air quotes that you can't see because I'm on a podcast and I always forget. But failure. That we're okay with our own failure—it's not really failure to me; it's just knowledge. But that we're okay with this acknowledgement that there's a that we did something that was in conflict with who we are—that we did, we made a mistake. It's a—it's hard for everybody. I mean, me, like a billion times. It's so hard for me to admit making a mistake or to do something and go, yeah, I didn't really want to do it. It's much easier to say, yes, it was fine. I told, I'm absolutely fine with it. I was completely fine with it. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fine with it. Um, I think I talked recently about somebody who was like, yeah, I just, I never have any problem with that. I never, it's like, yeah, I've never met anybody who actually that's true. And usually if you are lying to yourself, frankly, um, it's coming out in some way, (laughs) you know, it's coming out in your level of health and happiness overall, maybe not in that moment. It sounds really good. What you say, The words you say sound fantastic. But then there's reality. And small steppers is about acknowledging that reality. Small steppers is about understanding that sometimes reality is different than the words we tell ourselves in our heads. And this process is getting very good at being aware of actually how you feel after you do something. And therefore, when you know it, it's either going to be an excuse or not, but you're going to know it. And most of the time, it's not going to be an excuse. Most of the time, you're going to be like, yeah, I ate that thing and I'm totally cool. Or I didn't really actually want that thing. And that's been, you know, a tough pill. These are all tough pills to swallow. But for me, it was like, you know, and it helps me to like talk to Lisa about it. I'll be like, I find myself overeating when I'm actually not hungry because I know that tomorrow I'm doing my dial back day and that Monday through Thursday and most of Friday, I'm eating really, really well, And enjoying the way I eat but I'm doing you know the intermittent fasting and I'm doing all these kinds of things and so I will actually eat more on a Sunday night um, to get it in in time you know kind of thing and and that just ain't me I mean I'm in conflict about that and that's something that I work toward to to really say like this is it's not a right objective right or wrong it is really like does this match up with my game plan here does this is this in my playbook because it's not frankly and I don't know if playbook is act. I'm not a sports fan, okay? So I can say lots of things about sports, and I have literally no idea what I'm talking about. Mm, okay. But speaking of my dial back day, I wanted to, to, and before I get into this, the the uh the uh subject of this week's episode, is what I call feeling habit. Feeling habit. Because I was trying to I was trying to categorize or at least um frame this feeling of people often go, I'm starving. I'm so, me too. Like, Oh, I'm so hungry right now. And that's to be questioned. Frankly, this idea of like, are you actually hungry? Sometimes is, is most of the times the world, like we don't really know what it's like to actually feel true hunger. We, we just don't. It's, it's most of the time it's cravings, but it's also habit. And so what you're feeling sometimes when you feel hungry, Um, is that you're feeling habit. You're feeling something that you do typically at whatever times during the day or as married to the lunch hour of your job or the morning routine. It's not a call to action. It's a, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just feeling the habit. I'm feeling the habit. And I want you to kind of think about that this week of, of maybe even using those words, you find yourself hungry and for a moment, just be like, is this actually or am I just feeling the habit? am I feeling habit right now? Because most of the time it is. And here, here's here's the case in point. When I got to the point in my dial back day, and again, hashtag dial back day, but I've been doing this for years. So anybody listening to this who just joined this podcast today, don't make a mountain out of a molehill here. But on Mondays, typically, because that just fits into my schedule, I don't eat until dinner. I just drink water all day. I'll have a couple of espressos, but I don't do anything except for water until at least 11, usually 10, 30, 11 at the at the, at the earliest. Um, and then i and then and then a couple of espressos but water and then dinner that's it um and so so when I began doing that I think it's been close to a year um I felt hungry the first couple of days I did it I mean hungry 10 11 noon hungry 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 and I kind of I did battle through it I was like I'm just gonna you know this is my job so I I just do this and it in a way it's small stepping because I got to this by first doing you know fruit until dinner and then fruit all day and it's kind of it's been an incarnation an evolution rather anyway so i would feel hungry but the but the thing is two things one on the days that i dial back and i don't eat anything till dinner i have a ton of energy i'm never lethargic i actually feel better and lighter my brain is working better i am feeling really good Number one, so if I were really hungry, like really hungry, it would probably be, there would probably be some other realities about that where it would be like lethargy, lack of energy, my brain wouldn't be working well, but all systems go on that. Two, the hunger I felt the first few days that I did it is now gone, completely gone. When I dial back tomorrow, it'll be the the day that I do that, I don't feel hungry. I mean, I do not feel hungry. So if it were really hungry, if it really like, okay, I got to eat. Then, in theory, that would have never gone away. And the fact of the matter is, uh, last Monday, for instance, I did the TRX in the morning. I drank water. I did a pretty hard workout on the TRX and just stayed with water for the rest of the day till dinner. So it's not like I'm not doing action. it's It's just I don't need to eat as often as I was eating. Clearly, in my case, because my activity, my energy level has stayed, actually increased, gotten better. And two when i don't eat during the day or i miss a meal i don't feel hungry anymore so how re- how much of a reality is that so what i was feeling was the habit i was feeling habit and and i had to wade through that and it's been a process but it's been a really good process for me because it's helped me in that knowledge to in other ways am i feeling a habit part of it is you know like that second beer on a sunday it's it's sort of like that had that sort of became a habit of like i better get it in and that in itself became a habit where I was like thinking I want another beer, but I really, really don't. And I think it's really more powerful f- for me to know the difference between the between. I'll put it this way: it's a process that I will probably never become so called perfect at. But the as I have gained more knowledge about myself and what it is when I truly want something versus when I'm just convincing myself that I want something has only done one thing, and that is it has made my life better. The the increased knowledge about that has made my life better. Okay, can I just put it that way? Can I? Do you mind? Jeez, like I've got to ask you permission to do that. I mean, that's it's rude. Frankly, it's rude. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, so anyway, feeling the habit. Are you feeling the habit? Or are you actually in need? Are you feeling that habit? Or are you actually hungry? Are you starving? What would happen if you didn't eat? What if you just kicked it down for ten minutes? What ha- what would happen? I did an episode on delayed gratification. What would happen? You'd be you'd be okay. You'll be okay. Now, the fact of the matter is the body does respond to habit. And so you, oftentimes people will feel wonky or feel a little weird when they miss a meal, not because they're going to die. Um, I've so many people who, frankly, they're holding on to extra weight. They're like, I'm starving. It's like, you're clearly not starving. You're in the habit of eating in a certain way. And you're feeling the effects of not eating when your body is expecting food. Totally get all that. But at least call it what it is. Like, I have a habit of eating right now and I'm not eating. So it's kind of throwing me off. That, that's to me a much more powerful place than saying I'm starving. I've got to eat. You don't have to eat. You're choosing to eat, and you can make adjustments to that when you realize the control you actually have in your life, and and have the tools to uh, to manage that, to to become more in control, and have the tools to actually improve your life. Where do you get those tools? Right here, guys. Right here, and smallsteppers.com. Got it. Good. Mm. Okay. Practice makes imperfect. What? Cleverness. Sid, usually it's practice makes perfect. And you put an M in the front and it made it more clever. <clears throat> practice makes imperfect. Okay, a couple of big, big ticket items this week. I oftentimes will craft a podcast episode based on the themes that I am in touch with with regard to smallsteppers.com or a conversation I'm having or emails from uh, podcast listeners or comments from YouTubers. Uh, I mean, uh, comments from people watching my YouTube channel. Um, And so I'll kind of dive in because I'm like, huh, this keeps coming up. I wonder why. Um, Two things here. One is the concept of perfection. The other is the concept um, of that from day one have said this is a practice. Not an end date model. This is a long term thing. I got to hammer that home. I got to hammer that home so much because people think it's long term. Uh, sorry, that it's over, or that they they even think the small steps are twelve weeks. That's just to teach you. This, that's the, that's the medical course, and then afterwards you're a doctor. It's it, and you got to practice it. Um, it is it is a long term deal. But the whole idea of practice makes imperfect. This week, I want to talk about this idea that as you. Continue a practice or develop and maintain a practice of small-stepping, meaning clear on who you are, playing the me-not-me game, maintaining a physical steps list, not a BS. Oh, yeah, no, I've got steps on my list. Where is it? Oh, well, I mean, I just kind of... No, 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 no. Maintain a steps list or not. Or not, but not middle ground. Not middle ground. Well, you could do middle ground. It's just not my not my approach. That's all. Don't be like, Sid, thing didn't really work because... I didn't, I just couldn't keep, I just didn't work for me. Would you have a physical sepsis? Well, no. Well, then you weren't doing my, my approach. That's all. Cool. Great. But I mean, don't, you know, don't, don't go there. Practice makes imperfect is this idea of this taking it's the broad view of our lives. And what this means is small steppers, the actions that we take, the actions that we do are always in the context of our entire lives. We, we we are very adept and get better each day with the practice that we, how we live our lives at not putting too many eggs in any one basket in terms of just the day-to-day stuff, okay? Just the day-to-day, like getting through the day kind of stuff, okay? So broad view kind of stuff. One One of the benefits of this is that we have a, a healthy relationship, we develop a healthy relationship, put it that way, with certain realities. One reality we, ha- we develop a healthy relationship with is our own imperfection. Should I say that again? We develop a healthy relationship with the knowledge that we are imperfect and how freaking unperfect we are. On the other side of that, nay, in contrast... If we focus too much on one area in a weird, kind of screwed up, kind of not going to make us healthier and happier way, this increased and intense focus on just one area in the health and happiness realm, let's say food, because that's where it's happening most often, it affords us in a weird way the ability to attempt perfection. When we focus too much on food and we make our lives about food, we, we, this, this switch gets that's this this switch gets flipped and all of a sudden we go okay I can I can attain perfection in this area I can attain perfection in the food area because I'm thinking about food so much and I'm learning about food so much and I'm going to lectures about food so much and I'm and I'm measuring counting and weighing so much and I'm reading all the labels so much and I'm doing all these things some of those things are good i'm not saying that i'm just saying the level at which we do them when we when we when we sort of put blinders on to the other parts of our lives that affords us the ability to attempt perfection but not in our lives only in that one area and at the expense of our lives that's an argument i make okay every time i have ever seen somebody walk in to the stanford inn or Worked with me who is super knowledgeable about food, 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 food. They ain't living well. I, 100% of times. You guys, I'm not kidding. 100% of times. Most of the time when I talk to people, I'm like, you know enough and you're thinking about food too much. And sometimes, I take it one step further and I go, it seems like you wanted to be thinking about food a little bit less. And they go, oh my God, so much. Or their spouse goes, totally and then i know that they have crossed the line in terms of their own living their own lives and and being in control of their own lives that they have crossed a line there and they are now Attempting perfection in one area at the expense of their lives and here's the rub, there ain't no perfect in any one area. There really, really isn't. It's like saying the kidneys are isolated from every other organ in our bodies because they do this thing and that's just that. If I make sure my kidneys are healthy, then I don't have to worry about any other parts of my life or my body. It's crazy. Everything is linked up. Your job is connected to your family, is connected to the exercise you do, is connected to the food that you eat, is connected to the art that you create. It is all connected. And so to try to parse out and and take a scalpel and cut out healthy eating and be hyper-focused on that and say, I'm going to try to achieve the healthiest, most perfect diet I can, I've never seen that succeed. I have never, and I've been doing this a while now, but not the longest of anybody, but in my years of doing this. I have never seen anybody succeed at this. Furthermore, this approach to your life of scalpeling, I'm just going to remove thing and put all my attention here, is often a, dis- a distraction. It is often a distraction. And this comes back to the feeling habit, this, this idea of, of, um, of, of, sorry, not feeling habit, but, but getting to, sorry, the small steppers of, of ability to get to know how you feel about things this kind of comes to that that is getting more honest because sometimes when you are hyper focused in one area it's a distraction it's a distraction from things in your life that you are not dealing with, and this process gets you better about saying like at some point, well, I think I've been thinking about too much about food, and it's been not helping me first of all, and second of all, I think I really know what the deal is here <laughs> it's not food, you know what I mean it means there it means people sometimes or, and and by the way it's not black and white but to some degree maybe we're not dealing with or engaging in our lives en- in, in the rest of our lives enough that that actually makes us happy and and so one thing i wanted to say is i think that we are a diversified species i don't mean i'm different from you different yes of course but each of us individually I think we are diversified. I think it, it. I think it's an unnatural thing to be hyper-focused on any one area. It'd be like living in nature and just being 100% focused on shelter. I'm just gonna, every day, my only focus is on shelter. Well, there's also food to eat and also, by the way, escaping a freaking leopard. It, it does. It, we have to be managing the, whatever it is in our lives that we need to manage. We have to pay attention to multiple things we are diversified species. The modern world has this very tricky way of allowing us in a way to focus a little more than what's natural in certain areas because we have so much access to information and because we have so much sometimes time and the internet and phones in our, in our hands, we can actually spend way more time doing things than we would ever need to certainly do or even be able to in the past. And so because most of it really is, frankly, because of the phones and the internet. It's like, you know, when we had to go to a library, you know, we were at home at nine o'clock, we might, oh, I don't know, hang out with our families a little bit more instead of having a phone in our hand and learning more about vitamin freaking D. But now we can. And so if our brains are in this moment of trying to attain absolute perfection of our diets, very quickly can it be a, a distraction. Very quickly can it be at the expense of our lives. We are diversified. All I am saying each week when I come here is we do best when we acknowledge that and we do best when we play into that. When we go, yeah, it's just a fact that I've got multiple things running here. And I've got to to live well. I got to make sure that sure there's priorities. Not everybody not everything gets an even hand, of course. But for me, I will tell you that food, uh, in the beginning of becoming a nutritionist took a kind of a a, a, a more central role. And I have devalued that significantly over time, even with the work so much that I launched smallsteppers.com, which has literally zero to do with food. I mean, that's how far I've come on the food realm, certified nutritionists, working with people on nutrition, doling out nutritional advice, doling out plans to launching a, finally a company that has nothing to do with food. And that's the that's the thing because it really has nothing to do with food. But this whole idea of practice makes imperfect is as we practice small stepping, as we realize the multitude of ways that we can bring things into our lives, because now we know how to do it correctly for us, which is to to create a long-term possibility, an increased possibility of long-term success in a multitude of ways. And so we can do art because we used to think that we would have to do, you know, take a a, a art class five days a week and we just never did it. Well, now we know we can sketch on a, on a pad for 30 seconds every day. And that's a way that we get that into our lives. We know all these things now as small steppers. And now we can play into the diversification. We can play into the fact that we, we thrive in diversity. We can play into the fact that we don't have to let any one thing in our lives die. We can play into the fact that we know we can prioritize and we love ultra running. And so we do that more than other things, but we don't do that instead of other things. We know how to do, do these things in better ways. Even professional athletes don't spend 100% of their time doing their sport. They just don't. I would argue, and this is not studied, so don't quote me on this, but I would argue that people live better as professional athletes when there is more balance. They may not be the best athletes. I don't. I could could never make that study. I have no idea. I do know that the success of the human species hinges on our ability to provide a, a multitude of ways for us to engage in our lives and not shut off other areas. But what this means is that we have to give up perfection, this idea of perfection and that the practice of living as a small stepper is acknowledging this imperfection and and actually applauding this imperfection because it takes the heat off us to say i gotta spend more time on food because i'm not doing it perfectly enough and i'm saying of course you're not thank goodness you're not doing it perfectly because if you were probably other parts of your life are falling apart and we have to get more focused and more able to embrace imperfection and go, yeah, man, sometimes I slip up on food. Whoopty de frickin do because most of the time I don't, so I'm digging. And we are creating a, a really huge possibility of success because we are creating a fair playing field in a way. Like we are, as we small step, we kind of create this nice um, foundation of, of, of different areas of, of interest and and actions we're like i talked filling the fixing the vacuum we're bringing in things right there's no left there's no void here that we fill we fill the void with unhealthy behaviors we don't have that anymore we fill our void with things that we have chosen make ourselves feel better we have think we're filling it with things that give us more joy in our lives and because we small step and we create this nice fair playing field where all all things are accounted for all things are represented now we actually have created a, a chance to freaking succeed. We've created a chance because we've looked at multiple, multiple parts and not said, I have to do any of these perfect. We've let that go because we want to what? Live a, a, the best life we can. That means, again, I'm going to argue we're a diversified species. So to live the best life you can means it encompasses the multitude, multitude of areas that we live in, family, work, art, you know, Whatever, just exercise, eating, all those things. When we develop the practice of small stepping, when we approach our lives this way, we can't but not account for all the areas in our lives that we want to be the best that they can, knowing that because we're juggling multiple multiple things, not any one of them is going to be perfect. Thank goodness. Again, thank goodness. This idea of fair playing field I was playing with yeah, uh, when I was writing this week's episode and, and I want to be clear, not just be it, it. It's, I didn't bring up the idea of fair because I just watched, uh, with my daughter, Luna, the legend of Billie Jean with Helen Slater and Christian Slater. Right. Are you, are you with me where she's like, fair is fair. Great movie. I want to, I want to Lisa had, like barely, my wife barely listens to this podcast. I mean, she hasn't listened to since like, like episode five. I'm not even joking. So I'm going to criticize her a little bit because she does. She won't know. Um, and she told Luna that Legend of Billie Jean was not a good movie. And I look, I've been married 23 years. It's hard for me to hear that stuff because I start questioning the marriage as a whole when somebody is dissing the legend of Billie Jean. I, st- I take that to the mat a little bit. I'm like, what did I make a bad decision 23 years ago? Like, I don't know. There's so many, so much good good in her. But again, I feel like I'm focusing on that one area and trying to make her her knowledge of 80s films perfect, so I have to I have to back out and go there's enough good about Lisa that I can't let that thing derail our marriage. But I was proven right. Luna really liked it. It's a fantastic movie. But fair is fair. And this concept of fairness really did feed into this week's episode and say are we creating a, a playing field that is in a way fair that allows us an actual chance <laughs> and it, and it I think that we tip the scales in 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 ways that are that that remove that fairness for us i, I mean, it's like are we being fair to ourselves here? are we being fair to ourselves by learning everything that you could ever know about food? is that fair to ourselves and I don't think that it is this is to me it's about awareness, not criticism this isn't about um you know, again, like not doing something or it's bad to do something. This is just a, an awareness of what is really at play here, which is not one thing. And we are so reductive in the way that we think, we're so partitioned in the way that we do everything. We have exercise from this time to this time and food and eating here. And we have this and everything is partitioned because in large part, that's the way of the world. And we have a job and we have schedules and we have to show up on time and do this thing till this time. And then this thing from this time. And so there's realities about that. I have to pick my kids at a certain time every day and and, and take them to school at a certain time. Fine. But that doesn't mean that has to dictate how I live my life and, and the areas that I look into my life. And that certainly does not dictate how I can grab moments even within the context of a regimented, time-dependent schedule, and I can kind of back out of that and say, you know, yeah, I got all that, but in that framework, I'm grabbing moments that are in a way random, and my awareness of my life is in a way random, and it's not scheduled. And because it's, it's a practice of imperfection, where I'm understanding the battles that ensue in trying to live a healthy life. I respect the struggle and work that it takes to build a healthy and happy life. And therefore, I'm going to remove the, the pressure of somehow chasing perfection. Because again, I think the only area that you could ever chase it in would be one area. And, and therefore, you're going to fail. It, I'm just going to be very frank about that. If you are trying to chase perfection, it's probably going to be in one area and I even, don't even know if you said, I want to live the perfect life. To me, that embodies doing things, certain things less than perfectly. Because to me, because a human being is so diversified, because we do so many things and have our hands in so many things, we simply cannot be perfect at all the individual things that we do. And we do better when we allow ourselves to back out of perfection and develop a practice where we are attending in different amounts, but we're attending to all the areas of our lives that are important to us. And knowing the things that aren't important to us and letting those things go, like knowing too much about food and saying, I'm letting that go because it is making the rest of my life suffer. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I'll remind you again, all this talk, 220 episodes and all the other content out there and all the top 10 lists and all the DVD plans and all the diet books and all the cookbooks, they're there because we are all chasing a life that is one that we want to live and be happy and proud of and feel vibrant within and do things and be with family and all the things that are that make up our lives. We want those to be as, as good as we can have them without worrying if they're perfect or not in any one way. And not as trying to spend any moment of time assessing some level of perfection. Am I eating the perfect diet or not? Again, waste of time. Probably a distraction from something that you would actually rather be doing or rather, I'll put it this way, probably a distraction from something you're not doing that you, that you really want to be doing. And you've convinced yourself that I just, I I would do that, but I've got to learn a little bit more about food. And all of a sudden, man, you're, 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 you're rolling down a road that's not going to deliver you what all this content in the world is directly or indirectly trying to deliver you, which is a healthy and happy life a life a, 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 talk about a fair playing field a playing field that within which you can succeed if you choose to but we oftentimes set ourselves up not for success we set ourselves up for failure by being too hyper focused on perfection in any one area by being too crazy in our lives to 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 really understand that we we got to take the heat off of the weight off of our shoulders so that we actually can dive into our lives in a way that is It ups our chances of succeeding. And that is the ballgame. Practice makes imperfect. The more you practice being a small stepper, the more you understand this approach, the more you understand the concepts of of a most of the time and how how success can be backing off a step, uh, decreasing a step, then the ideas of perfection are irrelevant to you. And, you, and I want to be, I'll say this one more time. This isn't about doing all the things in your life equally. There are certain things that take priority over other things. That's a reality. And those things change for per person. And I'm not here to tell you what to make priority in your life. I'm here to teach you the tools to allow you to make the decision of what is priority. And I'm guessing, and I'm telling you from my experience, nobody I've ever worked with or dealt with who has made food a priority in their lives wants it to be and is doing well because of that. Never seen it. Never seen it and I don't expect to. Never seen it and I don't expect to. I don't expect somebody to walk in the door and say, all I do is think about food all day and I'm way better for it. I've never seen it and I don't expect to. Dig? The more you understand this practice, the more you embrace imperfection. The more you embrace the experience of trying new things of the adventure and the excitement of trying new things and doing things and being engaging in things and bringing in new things in a way that doesn't cause you inordinate amounts of stress that, again, makes it a fair playing field. So you bring in things that are minimally stressful so you can you can continue them and see if you like them. And if you do, you can make them part of your life for good. All these amazing things have nothing to do with perfection. They are a practice of... Living the life that you want. They are a practice of being most of the time in control of the life and being most of the time in touch with the actual life that you want to live, particularly, like, particularly, not just the highfalutin, I just want to live a good life, man. But no, I want to run uh, this race. I want to learn how to paint. I want to play the piano. I want to be successful at work and get a promotion. I want to get married. I- the particulars of that be very clear about those things you can do that when you back out of any one area and embrace the areas that make up all of our lives i've never seen somebody who has just one or two things to deal with i see things people who deal with multiple multiple things that's just a reality of the human being in the modern world is what it is it's okay i'm not trying to change that i'm trying to make you help you do better within that context dig okay all right you guys i'm hanging it up I'm hanging it up, episode 220. Nice round number, 220, 220. I'll be back next week with 221, turning 49 in a matter of, uh, let's see, 18 days. I don't care. I I don't, 48, 49, whoop-dee-doo. Did I tell you guys what I want to do for my 50th? I'm already thinking ahead. I want to, this is the first time I'm announcing this and I don't even know if the band has any desire to do this at all, but I kind of have a dream of putting the band back together for one show in Los Angeles for my 50th birthday. That's my idea. And I'm thinking about it now because it could be like a thing in the making of like getting the guy, convincing the guys to do this. They're all still down in LA, but I just want to call them. Coming down, we're going to rehearse for three days and play a show. That's just the birthday present for me. That's what I want to do. So we'll see how if that uh, if that rolls. But anyway, with that, I will leave you with a, a song uh, that I wrote and enjoy it. And email me, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com if you have any questions or comments. I'd love to hear them. Again, uh, thank you to everybody who supports this podcast in whatever way you do. It makes a big difference. And I'm not joking, like a real difference. When you donate to the podcast by going to sidgarzahillman.com, when you order some stuff, uh, podcast-related merchandise, the t-shirts and the mugs and the WWID bracelets, when you do reviews on Amazon or wherever, when you um, review the podcast itself. It's all cool stuff that helps you stay engaged in this process and helps me continue to come back here every week to do what I do and hopefully help you do what you do. Dig? All right, you guys. I'll be back next week. and In the meantime, all right? Yes? Good. You agree ahead of time before, I, before you even know what I'm going to ask you to do? Good. You agree? Okay, good. Be well.
0: This storm The only way out is to run The only way out is to bubble down This storm The only way out is to come on down The only way out is to watch it Hey Finally, finally meaning something This way The way you shut down It makes me scream Your silence is um, Settling This storm The only way out Is the way in I see the only way Yeah Yeah